Hey there fiends and welcome back to That Horror Witch Podcast. This is your host Christy and tonight we're going to be talking about a classic werewolf movie, Ginger Snaps. This 2000 Canadian werewolf horror movie is directed by John Fawcett and written by Karen Walton and John Fawcett. <laughs> so, Catherine Isabel plays the title role of Ginger. She's also starred in American Mary, Freddy vs. Jason, and is also guest starred on the Hannibal TV series. I would highly recommend that one. So, her sister is Bridget, played by Emily Perkins, and Ginger lovingly refers to her as B throughout the movie, so if I end up calling her that, that's what that is. Emily Perkins got her start in horror as Beverly Marsh in Stephen King's It miniseries. She's also guest starred on Supernatural, and she's also <laughs> played Eunice in the movie She's the Man, the early 2000s comedy. So, fun fact, this is not the only time or the last time that they've played sisters. They've obviously co-starred in the sequel and prequel, but also played the spoiled stepsisters in another Cinderella story. And I've seen Ginger Snaps, the second one, and it wasn't bad necessarily, though the one kid ghost was annoying as hell and it kind of made me lose interest in the movie, but I still finished it. And I can't even remember how much of the prequel I saw, but it threw me for a loop enough to not even continue watching past like maybe the first 15 minutes of it. Ginger and Bridget are outcasts and they're only a year apart and they're in the same grade. So Ginger is 16 and Bridget is 15 but she got moved up a grade because she's just a great student like that. So both the girls are outcasts and they are your angsty goth girls who are obsessed with death and they end up making fun of the popular girls who, you know, date boys, they go out and do things. <laughs> They're not introverts like the Fitzgerald sisters are. And Ginger is the more assertive one and she is more of the leader, you'd say. And Bridget is more of a follower. She kind of just does whatever Ginger wants to do. She wears like baggy sweaters, she wears long skirts, she hides her face with her hair all the time. She is what maybe a lot of people will call like a plain Jane, but I think it's dress for comfort, but that's just me. So in high school, I was kind of a mix of both of them. So I was the angsty, angry goth kid who kind of hated everyone and wore baggy hoodies a lot because mostly I was cold all the time and my high school was just always having the AC blasting, so it's also that too. But on the weekends, I would wear like more revealing clothes. I feel like Ginger Snaps is one of those many layered horror movies. It's a coming of age tale, telling the horrors of going through puberty and dealing with menstruation, and dealing with friendships and discovering your sexuality, going through trauma, being an outcast. It's an iconic werewolf movie too, obviously. And puberty itself is hell. Like you grow hair in awkward places, your body hurts, you feel like 
you're a monster mutating and you don't feel like you have control over your body anymore. And Bridget and Ginger are super codependent. They're always, always just spending time with each other, not really being individuals. And Ginger is kind of more on the selfish side too. So they are so codependent that they even have a suicide pact. Out by 16 or dead in the scene, but together forever. I also want to give credit where credit's due and give a thanks to a Screen Rant article written by Mara Mulliken. So both of the actresses, Catherine Isabel and Emily Perkins, were actually born in the same hospital. They attended the same schools, had the same agent, and were represented by the same casting agency. And their mom is played by Mimi Rogers, who plays the most perfect bubbly, sweet mother who just always cares. She's always supportive. Um, you would know her from Austin Powers. She's also starred on The X-Files. Throughout the movie, there's a whole lot of other similarities. Actually, I forgot to mention that Catherine Isabel also guest starred on Supernatural. I haven't seen all of the show. I'm sorry to all the fans out there of Supernatural. It is a good show. I've just watched it sporadically. I've never kept with it. So, sorry about that. So, the movie really leans into some of the old school werewolf myths and it kind of melds together its own roles. So, with this one, it kind of goes by the whole menstrual blood attracts wolves and thus making Ginger the susceptible one to the werewolf attack. Like how automatically, and this is from experience growing up as a person who menstruated and as a teen girl, basically being taught that once you hit puberty, you're like a beacon for the dogs and the horny teen boys, you know? Somehow we bring it on to ourselves, like somehow. <laughs> People just can't help themselves, that animal instinct. And even Carrie White's mom talks about it and says like, oh, the dogs will be smelling you. And it's just very, it's just such a gross concept. Bridget and Ginger end up going to do this late night photo shoot because that's their thing. They love to do crime scene photo shoots, basically. And so they were looking for this one dog in particular in the neighborhood. And lo and behold, the dog in question is dead already and was ripped apart by, what, by whatever this beast is in the neighborhood. So they're both talking about how puberty sucks and Bridget even says, you know, if I start complaining about PMS, just shoot me, okay? And Ginger is just really not looking forward to puberty and I can't blame her. She even says, What? Hey, just got the curse. Ew. So she's not too happy about it and earlier in the day she was complaining about her back hurting and her mom was saying, oh, she's due to get it because, you know, her symptoms kind of lined up with it with the back hurting and she's asking her specifically where on her back and all that stuff. So again, not a very good surprise. And that is when Ginger gets absolutely fucking mauled by a very well executed werewolf. They don't show you the whole thing from the get-go. They show you 
little blips here and there. They show Ginger thrashing around, getting covered in blood, screaming and everything. It's just a whole fucking shit show. And it's all practical effects, which, fun fact, left the stuntman with heat exhaustion. So they could only shoot for maybe 20 minutes at a time. But honestly, I think the lack of seeing the full-fledged werewolf makes it way more effective because your mind is filling in the blanks of, wait, how big is this thing? Oh my god, you know? And I just feel like it adds to the fun of it too. So, the resident drug dealer, Sam, played by Chris Lemchi, who I feel like stole the show in Final Destination 3 is Ian McKinley. Uh, he's great in this movie. So he ends up driving by and he hits the lycanthrope with his van. And all of a sudden, you know, Bridget takes Ginger home to help her heal or, you know, help her not die. And Ginger has these huge claw marks, these huge wounds on her shoulder. And she's covered in blood. And she's asking her, are you in pain? She says, no. And Bridget is dumbfounded. She's like, wait, that doesn't make any sense with all the blood that you're losing. Like, what the hell is going on? I need to take you to the hospital. And Ginger insists that she feels fine. And then Bridget realizes, wait, these wounds are healing by themselves. What is going on? So then Ginger decides to then just act like nothing ever happened. She starts to have some changes. Like the wounds that she has start to sprout little white hairs. And she's embarrassed by it. She's even got streaks of white in her hair now. And they kind of look like highlights, like she did it to herself, like she could kind of get away with that. But I don't know about the random hairs on her shoulder and everything. And then Ginger starts hanging out with a group of boys, smoking weed, and she ends up even kicking one of the popular girl's dogs. And that's not fucking cool. So B gets really into learning about both menstruation and werewolf folklore and feeling like this is now her mission to try to save her sister because she's terrified of ultimately losing her sister and her best friend, her only friend in the world. And Ginger ends up hooking up with this one douchebag named Jason who is played by Jesse Moss who you might remember from Tucker and Dale vs. Evil as the douchebag Chad, he also was in Final Destination 3. So I'm seeing a pattern here with him. <laughs> he likes to play douchebags and he does it well. So I wondered why he looked so familiar and that's why. So anyway, Ginger's hooking up with this guy in a car and she turns the tables on him and starts being the aggressive one and taking over sexually because he says to her, well, who's supposed to be the guy here? I'm not at all excusing her attacking him and then attacking him. And I feel like the message that was trying to be said was maybe how women in society are treated like you're supposed to be a prop. You're not supposed to be a participant. You're not supposed to be the one to initiate or take control of a sexual situation. Again, not excusing it, but that's kind of what I got from that scene in particular. 
and she ends up infecting him with the werewolf affliction. And so she then starts to eat dogs around the neighborhood because she realizes that the hunger and the aches she's been feeling isn't just the lust for sex, it's the bloodlust and the need for flesh. And yeah, she's starting to get more male attention and dressing a little bit more in revealing clothes. She's liking the attention to a certain degree. She kind of feels empowered by it. But then she also deals with the fallout of dealing with slut shaming for the first time. I mean, he got laid. I'm just a lay. He's a hero and I'm just a lay. A freak mutant lay. Another fun fact, so the girls are supposed to be playing sisters that are only a year apart, but Emily Perkins is actually five years older than Catherine Isabel. So, during all of this, during Ginger's ever-changing body, Bridget ends up befriending Sam, the local drug dealer, and they bond over werewolves and trying to find a cure and everything, and Bridget ends up getting the idea to help Ginger by giving her a belly button piercing using the old myth of silver kind of fending off werewolves. And so Sam gives her a earring that's pure silver, and so Bridget decides to pierce Ginger's belly button as a way to kind of stave off the transformation. It is a shit show when they try this because it gets stuck into her skin the wrong way and there's just a whole mess and it's more or less a band-aid. It doesn't really do anything and so Ginger's still changing. Bridget helps her trying to hide parts of herself, even going so far as to taping the ever-growing tail that she has to her leg to hide it during gym class. Which, you know, I'm sure a lot of us have dealt with in the changing room. You don't want other people to see your body. You don't want other people to judge you. So you, like, kind of hide yourself. And Ginger ends up spreading the lichen affliction to the guy Jason that she hooked up with because she did not use protection. So that in itself is a metaphor for STIs. And his, let's just say, side effects are more gross than hers. Um, they don't really show that he's got like the same kind of like hair growing or anything. He's got a really big case of acne. His voice sounds terrible. His fangs are all out and he's like way more aggressive and pervy and disgusting. And I won't lie, I do like the friendship between Sam and Bridget. There's no sexual tension there. It's not a romantic type of thing, even though Ginger says there is because she's jealous of the fact that Bridget's trying to kind of be her own person a little bit, kind of pull away from her. And then, of course, Bridget, for whatever reason, starts to get slut-shamed as well by the popular girls that, oh, the Fitzgerald girls really get around now. That is when Ginger loses her shit and she ends up smacking one of the popular girls in the face with a field hockey stick. Like, she fucks her day up. <laughs> Not to condone it, but like, holy shit, those things are fucking brutal. So, and the guy Jason, he also starts peeing blood as well. Yet another metaphor for STIs. Bridget keeps on trying to tell Sam that she's the werewolf, but he figures it out because honestly, like, hello, one of you has white hair. <laughs> fangs, very long nails, 
you're acting way different than you usually do. Like, it, do it doesn't make a genius, but okay. <laughs> Bear in mind, this is a movie made in the year 2000, where there's slut-shaming, there's homophobia, there's mentions of rape casually sprinkled throughout, so keep that in mind and be prepared for it. So Ginger gets more embarrassed of her body, her ever-changing body, does want her mom to see her despite her mom's best efforts to try to be encouraging, and it just makes Ginger have more mood swings. And Ginger ends up spreading more of the Lycan STI from douchebag Jason to the popular girl. And she ends up dying by accident by going to the girl's house and she confronts Ginger and she ends up slipping on spilled milk in the kitchen and hitting her head on the kitchen counter and dying. And I see what you did there, movie. So Bridget and Ginger end up arguing that Ginger thinks she's a lost cause, like, you can't save me, I'm already too far gone, and Bridget is just bound and determined to help save her sister. There is a funny scene where they hide the popular girl's dead body in the meat freezer in their garage, and the mom almost sees it, so thankfully Bridget was smart enough to think on her feet and ask her mom, oh hey, what do guys want? to distract her and it just makes the mom overjoyed about her wanting to know about those kind of things and give her like a little mini lecture and it's really a good like kind of mood lightener if you will. And then so they're going to bury the popular girl's body in the shed when Ginger decides to drop a truth bomb about women in society. No one ever thinks tricks do shit like this. Trust me a girl can only be a slut bitch, tease, or the virgin next door. We'll just coast on how the world works. So with that thought process, she believes that they'll never get caught. But boy, is Ginger wrong because apparently in this neighborhood, you can have missing dogs, but oh no, as soon as a blonde white girl goes missing, they gotta be on the case. So B tells Ginger she can't go out anymore, and Ginger is like, no, fuck that, I gotta, I can't handle being inside all day, I gotta go out. And then B tells her as soon as she figures stuff out, they're gonna disappear and start over somewhere fresh. So Ginger at this point is skipping school and their mom wants Bridget be more of an individual instead of always doing whatever Ginger wants. Ginger starts to mutilate herself by trying to saw off her tail with a kitchen knife because she can't handle this shit anymore and Bridget is still bound and determined to find a cure for her no matter what, no matter what it takes. But at the same time, she's also scared shitless of her sister. She doesn't know when or how much longer she has with her before she's completely gone. So she gathers ingredients to make the cure, goes with Sam, and she locks Ginger in their bathroom. And of course, it's Halloween too. Sam warns that it's dangerous to inject the wolfsbane alone and offers to help her. While Ginger is locked in this bathroom, she's writhing in agony. She's clawing at the walls as this lichen affliction is taking over. And Sam finally <laughs> calls out Bridget and goes like, I already, I, I, I know it's Ginger. Like, come on. So... <laughs> 
Which, I mean, fair enough, because it was really obvious. Like, come the fuck on now. So, Ginger breaks out, and she goes around the school, scooping it out, looking for her next victim. And meanwhile, Bridget is on her way home. She runs into and is almost attacked by the pervy, wolfed-out Jason. And he gets on top of her, so she stabs him with the wolf concoction in a needle. And then all of a sudden, he's cured. And then he's, like, super awkward after that and kind of goes running with his tail between his legs, so to speak. And so Ginger ends up killing the principal and Bridget shames her and tells her to get her shit together. At that point, she's on the verge of being fully wolfed out and Bridget just calls her a fuck up. Both the parents end up finding two severed human fingers in their backyard and the mom just kind of laughs it off like, oh yeah, it's clearly one of the girls like props. But secretly she does know some shit's going on. She doesn't know exactly what, but she knows something is going on. And so Ginger ends up going on a rampage at the high school She's killed the principal already. She killed this really sweet janitor. And at this point, Bridget is just totally done with Ginger shit. And Ginger goes to a Halloween party in Sam's greenhouse. And she ends up, again, being really aggressive and trying to put the moves on him. And he tells her no and everything. And then so she takes that as, okay, well, I'm just going to attack you then. And then that's when Bridget shows up and is like, no, you want to take somebody to me and then she decides to pretty much do like a blood brothers thing and cuts her hand cuts ginger's hand and infect herself willingly with the werewolf affliction so that's when they decide to go back to the house sam knocks out ginger (laughs) and they go back to the house for more of the werewolf serum and so That's what they end up doing. And meanwhile, before this, the mom says to Bridget, Oh, hey, you know what? I know what's going on. And (laughs) I think that we should burn the house down. And then us three girls will just be on the run. It'll be fun. It'll be an adventure. And I dig the mom's enthusiasm. I really do. But like, that's that's not it, mom. So (laughs) then they end up going to the house. And this is when the movie takes a full-blown turn to horror. Ginger is now a full-blown werewolf at this point, and there's no more dark humor. There is just full-on tension. You are as terrified for Sam and Bridget, because we don't know where the hell werewolf Ginger is, and now she's a completely unpredictable animal. There is no reasoning with her, not that there really was before, but now she's in full kill mood and Sam and B have to act as fast as possible to make another batch of this cure and there's so much fucking tension and then you have to worry about Bridget is also gonna turn we don't know when so they're trying to make the concoction they don't know where Ginger is If she's gonna attack them, if she's gonna kill them in a heartbeat. And you want them to just hurry the fuck up and do this. You want them to succeed. You want them to live. So Sam decides to be a dumbass hero, like a fucking idiot, 
and surprise, it doesn't end up well for him. He goes to be the distraction and he gets ripped the fuck apart. And you only see glimpses of what Bridget sees. While she's watching in horror, she's trapped in the pantry. And you just hear screams, you hear growls, and the door is like opening and shutting really fast. You see flickering of the flashlight it's so much tension and it is such an iconic scene i feel like that alone just makes it a horror classic and again you barely see wolfed out ginger and so your mind is filling in the blanks it's super fucking effective and again i know it had a lot to do with the suit being torturous and i completely understand that but I love when you aren't shown a monster in a monster movie immediately. Look at Jaws. You barely see Jaws for like, what, maybe five, maybe ten minutes total? And it's fucking terrifying when you don't see the fucking thing, you know? And it just brings out the more fun in the movie, too. Bringing out that fear in you. And all of a sudden, B hears nothing at this point. And she decides to try to find Sam and Ginger and she grabs the syringe off the blood-soaked floor. The door is also soaked on the other side. The whole kitchen is a fucking wreck. So she heads to the basement and sees the dying, bloodied, beyond belief, Sam gasping, most likely due to shock and the fact that he's fucking dying. <laughs> so we see, finally, a full-fledged where ginger or ginger wolf whatever you may prefer so i really love the werewolf look in this it's the most realistic that i can think of and i really appreciate it like sure there's the iconic werewolves you've got the wolf man you've got american werewolf in london you've got the howling and i feel like you know this one is just a different iteration of it it's not the full body of fur. It's not looking like a giant wolf dog on hind legs. It's she's more flesh colored and the hair that she did have was white and the werewolf design kind of looks like a mix between a hairless cat and maybe a rat and maybe a little bit of a dog and then kind of a human but I dig it. It's very not human-like. It's not very wolf-like either. It's just an, a mix of everything. And so you just know in your head that, oh, so this is not a human anymore. Kudos to the special effects team for working on that thing because goddamn. Meanwhile, Bridget finally has to come to terms with this is no longer her sister. This is a beast. And then that in that moment, she has to come to terms with it and she has to become her own person. I'm not dying in this room with you! So she realizes that she can't even give her the syringe at this point because she's so far gone. And so she grabs a knife and stabs her in the chest and then she lays down with her as she takes her last breath with her sister. And of course she's crying and then she finally passes away. And in a fucked up kind of way, Ginger kind of got what she wanted to die at 16 and die alongside her sister. Maybe not the both of them, but kind of. And then sadly, and that scene does get me choked up because it pans around the room of old pictures of them together and their old photo shoots of death scenes and everything. And it's just very upsetting you know you feel for her 
that she lost her best friend, her soulmate even. And now she doesn't know what the hell to do. Now she's got this, you know, werewolfism. <laughs> and now she's got to go through the world trying to figure shit out by herself. So I feel like it's a very heart-wrenching scene. And that's where I'm going to leave that off at. So no, there aren't any happy endings. Aside from Bridget living, but that's about it. You can catch this classic on Tubi, Shudder, Voodoo, Roku, Crackle. It's a very well done, low budget movie. And I feel like it stood the test of time. It's a cult classic, but in a really good way. <laughs> it's got that dark humor. And I feel like whether you like werewolf movies, you like coming of age stories, it's gonna be something for everyone in this. So give Ginger Snaps a watch and have a good night, fiends. Bye!